you know, that's a that's where we all need to be. Willing to say, yes, Lord. I I know you have the power. You have the ability. And you can make up for my lack of ability. So with that said, I would ask your prayers and your help for me as I attempt to to lead us through this study. And uh, I know I've I've heard several people do uh, the study of the book of Hebrews. Even got part of a uh, class that uh, Brother Bird taught. And he was he was a Greek scholar, which I am not. And uh, from what I understand, this this book was written by someone who had a good understanding, not only of the of Greek, but actually uh, had a good understanding of Greek rhetoric. And this, uh, the author, it's questionable who the author was. And uh, some have thought that it was Barnabas, some thought it was Paul. Uh, I tend to think that it wasn't Paul, spe specifically not Paul, because of the way it is written. Uh, Paul had a tendency to have long drawn out sentences and he'd change the subject and then come back to it in the same area and uh, the book of Hebrews does not do that at all it, it's got a a style that is definitely not the Apostle Paul but it is a, a style that is um, very educated. He was a very educated man, even as Paul was. And another one of the people that was considered considered for this is the, was Apollos. And Paul and Apollos had their um, misunderstandings, shall we say? But the Apollo, the Apostle, or Apollos, was a very well-educated man. He knew the Hebrew and the Greek. And he was uh, a man that was polished. And he was possibly a, a man of a rhetoric. And so I would, if I were to guess, and this is only a guess, I would think it was probably Apollos who wrote the book of Hebrews. Um, he wrote, and this was probably written about 60, 68 to 70 A.D. This was after the Lord and, and uh, so he was writing sometime after. So he, he had a different perspective on, on the Word. And he was he had looked into the Old Testament. He knew it very well. And so he speaks here. And so 
If any of you, by the way, have any thoughts that you'd like to uh, bring in, I I'd appreciate it. If you know there there are people who have better grasp of the scriptures than I, and so interrupt me anytime in here. Just raise your hand or whatever, and or just speak out. It's it's a good it's a good thing for us to to exchange thoughts concerning the scriptures because we each need to know them better. So the, the writer of this book of Hebrews starts out, he says, God who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. So he's saying that God spoke to his people in various ways and I I thought back and I thought well how did he speak to Noah how did he speak to Moses or to David uh, to Abraham you know each of these had an intimate relationship with God and and then he also spoke through the prophets too. And whether it was Samuel or Nathan talking to David and telling him the will of God, or whether it was uh, God speaking to Abraham and telling him to, to leave the Ur of the Chaldees and go to a land that I'll show you. Uh, or to tell Noah to build a boat in the middle of nowhere, nowhere near an ocean. No big body of water. He said, build a big boat, not just a little boat. I never wanted to own a boat. A canoe maybe, but not a big boat. But God said, build a boat. And Noah said, yes, sir. Yes, Lord, I'll do your will. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's how we find grace in the eyes of the Lord, too, is by saying, yes, Lord, whatever you, what you command, I'll do. So he spoke in times past by the prophets and told Israel sometimes things that they didn't want to hear. Sometimes they spoke of the power of God and showed Israel by example. But he says in verse two, that God who in sundry times had spoken in other ways hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds. Now this is Jesus that he's spoke, speaking of, his son, the son of God. And he's spoken us by his son. The son whom he hath, the God himself appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So he, God, through Jesus, through, through the instrumentation of Jesus, made the worlds. 
We don't know a lot about that. Other than what the scripture tells us, and it says, this is how he did it. It was through Jesus that God made the world. And I, I'd like to know more about that. Someday I'll get a chance to ask. But until then, we see that this is so. And speaking of Jesus, it says, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So it says that's who Jesus is. He is the brightness of God's glory. And the express image of the person of God. He is part of the Godhead, one of the three. And upholding all things by the power, by the word of his power. You know, it says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us in first John, or in the book of John, first chapter. And he says that he upholding all things by the word of his power. You know, I see that as saying that God sustains life by his power. There is no life without God. None. I don't care whether it's grass or bugs or birds or people or what. There is no life without God. And yet he, by his own power, purged our sins. He came, you know, whoever the writer is, he put this right in there with that. He purged us from our sins. He paid the price of my sin. And this was at the direction of the Father, as we learned there in the book of Ephesians. This was a, a thing that was hidden from the prophets of old, that the church would come into being through the person of Jesus Christ. But after he had done that, he went back to his father. And he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He was given a place, rewarded, with a place right next to God the Father himself. He goes on here, he says, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Angels are servants. They are uh, messengers to do God's bidding. And Jesus has a name above all angels, all powers. He goes on in verse 5, he says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. We say, okay, where, where did God say that to Jesus? Well, he said it back in the book of uh, 2 Samuel. 
and 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 14. And I'll begin reading here in verse 12. He says, And when thy days be fulfilled, this is Nathan talking to David, telling him that he would build David a house when David offered to build a house for God. And through Nathan, God said, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. So he said, It's going to be one of your children, David, that will that I will establish that house, your house, your household. He'll be part of, he will be one of your descendants. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. This is the one that is prophesied here by Nathan to David. David said, my house established forever? He said, I'm not worthy. This was David's response to that. He shall build a house for my name, for God's name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with a rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So Nathan prophesied this of Jesus. Who, he said, he's my son. He said, if he did anything, does anything wrong at all, which he didn't, that I know of, I don't think he ever did. He said, he'll be punished with the stripes of men. He was punished with the stripes of men anyway for my sin, for yours. He paid that price. And God gave him a place above all names. Turn the inheritance of all things over to, to Jesus. Gave him to be the judge and the ruler and the power who will judge all men, all people. He said, for back in Hebrews again, he says in verse 5, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. All the angels of God worship Jesus Christ. That's an interesting passage. And I think about that. I think about all the powers that angels might have as, as they're given authority from God. And he, he goes on in verse 7, he says, And of the angels he hath 
he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? You know, the word angel actually means messenger. So if we look at that, he says, And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels, his ministers, his messengers, and his ministers a flame of fire. I think of the tongues of fire that came upon the church on the day of Pentecost when they were assembled in the upper room. And the fire that came upon them and they were able to speak in other languages and given power to do certain things given a power you know that power of the word as I understand it the word power in Greek is the same word as authority it's it's uh, uh, it's the same word that our word dynamite comes from dunamis hmm that's power he said, a flame of fire. What you lack, God can provide if you're doing it in His will. That's a scary thing. I don't handle dynamite. <laughs> I know better. But God can give you power and He can give you the ability to handle whatever he gives you to do which is a scary thing also I I found a, a blasting cap once as a kid and I took it my dad took it to my dad and I didn't know what it was and he he said don't ever touch one of those again <laughs> you know he knew what it was and uh, so I haven't <laughs> not since that time but we need to learn to handle the power that God gives us by His grace, as by His instruction and direction. If we are to be a messenger of God, and each of us who has been called out of sin has been called for a purpose, every one of us. I mean, it, whatever our purpose in the church might be, we need to find that out by God's grace. Go to him. Ask him what your place in the church is. What place he would have you to, to fill. It's not for me to say, you know, I was, I was called upon years ago by Brother Charlie Smith. I was sitting back as a young teenager. And... As, if you knew Brother Charlie Smith, you knew he had a beautiful singing voice. But he said, I'm, he said from a pulpit, he says, I'm getting old. I'm needing some help. My voice isn't what it used to be. And that may be, but he still had a beautiful voice. He said, I need someone to lead singing for me instead of me doing it. Ed Brown, you come up here, you're the man. <laughs> I was maybe 15, 16, something like that. Scared silly. But I've been leading singing ever since, by God's grace. 
You know, God might call upon us to do things we're not prepared to do. Not prepared for. I wasn't. But he has prepared me and helped me and given me people who could help me learn timing and, and not that I'm good at it yet, but to learn to sing God's praise. It's a blessing to sing praises. And it doesn't matter what we're called on to do, to teach a class, to even preach, whatever. If God gives it to you to do, do it with your whole heart. You'll be blessed. He's, God says in verse 8, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever. Here God the Father was calling Jesus God. It's, that's what I understand it to be saying here. Forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. He said, your kingdom will be, a, the scepter is uh, like the, the rod of rulership. He says it's a, that the word righteousness as I understand it, is a straight scepter. It, it is, uh, it's one that is right. It is absolutely on target. It's, there's no deviation. You have that power, it, it's yours by right. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. God the Father gave Jesus a blessing here. Because he loved righteousness and hated iniquity, hated sin, therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish. The works of your hands will perish. But thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Eternally, thy years shall not fail. This is our God, an eternal kingdom. He says, the works of your hands can be folded up and put away like an old garment. But you will not. You'll remain forever. So, we see these things and we question our, in our own minds who is this God I, you know I, wa I want to know Jesus better day by day I want to know his will and his way for my life even as God the Father said that Jesus this, this one that paid the price of my sin would not 
ever have to pass away. But he, he says that he's got that, got such power that no one can fully comprehend it, to tell you the truth. I don't. I see these things written and I understand what it says as best I can. But I have a lot to learn about my Lord. I have a lot of questions that I, I hope one day to ask. And as I do what God has called me to do and instructed me to do. You know, we each look forward to someday when this life is going to fail. I watched this body of that brother mentioned that last time he saw my beard, it was dark instead of white. And, okay, that's a, what is that? It's a sign of age. Maturity or otherwise, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a sign of growing older. But by God's grace, I'll be serving him the rest of my life. And I want to learn more about this Lord that I serve. I want to be used by him. I've looked at the other side. It scared me. Don't want it any part of my life. And I called upon the Lord, and he saved me. Brought me out of whom, what I was, and changed my life for the better. But I... I realize that there is no, no person who comes even close to what Jesus was. Verse 13 here in Hebrews says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. You know, God says, I'm going to do this for you, for Jesus. You sit right here, he said, here on my right hand, and I'll do this for you. He said, are not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? I, I looked at that verse, that last verse of the first chapter of Hebrews. Said, who is he talking about here? Is this talking about Jesus? He says, all. Oh. He says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them? Not just one, but them, all them, who shall be heirs of salvation. The inheritors of salvation. What does that mean to inherit salvation? We are called to be children of God, children of light, inheritors of salvation. That's an interesting thought. I had a uh, reference here to the book of Romans, chapter 8, and verse 17. And of the children... And if children, then heirs of God 
and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified, glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So, I see that we are called to be the children of God. Uh, verse 16 I didn't read, and perhaps I should have. It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I trust that each of you has that witness in yourself, in your own spirit, that you are a child of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. It's only through Christ that we inherit. It's only as he inherits his kingdom and we are part of him. As he is the head over the church, we are his body, his functioning unit here on this earth. We are called to go out and do the bidding of God as he instructs by the power of his spirit. He says, and then he adds one more thing. If so be that we suffer with him. Oh, wait a minute. He, he died on the cross, didn't he? He gave his life, gave up who he was to pay the price of my sin. So he says, if so be, that big word I-F, if, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So there's, there's a price to be paid. As I see it here. And yet the power is there for us. We need to learn to avail ourselves of that power. And to let him use his power through us. We are, we are just parts, you know, fingers toes, hands, whatever, to do God's bidding. I've known people who had bodies that were spastic. It's a sad thing to see. When their, their body doesn't respond to the helm, so to speak, and their body flails around, That's a, that's a sad picture. We don't want that of the church. We want every single part of the body responding to God the Father. That's the way we'll be blessed. There may be some suffering involved, but that's so that we, that we may be also glorified together with God Jesus. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, in the church. So he, go, he goes on there in Romans and he said this hasn't happened yet. We're, look, we're still looking forward to that happening. 
But that power is there and it's available to all of us. And we need to be listening, uh, responding to our helm, so to speak. That's a, that's a naval term. Means that when the captain says, move, turn so many points to the east or, or to starboard or, or to larboard, whichever way, you know, left or right, we need to respond to that helm and to do God's bidding. Might cause suffering for us, whatever. He, he gives us jobs to do, whatever it might be. We may not be prepared, but God can give us the power and give us the direction if we're willing to hear. So how does God communicate with, with us? How does he communicate with you? Do you hear him when you pray? That's, a, that's the important part. It's not asking for things. It's hearing when he speaks. And this is a, a, a thing that isn't normal for us. I, I, maybe it is. I don't know. But to respond to God, when you hear what he says, what he, when you hear what he wants you to do, this, this is that communication. Communication needs to be two ways. It's not just us saying, give me God, I, I need some more stuff. No, no, God can provide stuff anytime. But what about us? Are we willing to suffer? Are we willing to give of ourselves? You know, this is where it gets hard sometimes. But God has the ability, and he will give it to you if you put your trust in him. Now, salvation is more than just being saved from hell. It's a daily thing for each of us. And we need to learn to daily look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, so that we can do his will today. Today is the day of salvation, not some other day. You know, I was glad for that day of salvation when I turned my sins over to God. But I have learned that each day is a day of salvation for me. When I can turn my life to God and say, what would you have me to do today, Lord? Not an easy thing sometimes. Sometimes we're called on to do things that we didn't know we could do. <laughs> Had never done. I'd never led singing when Brother Charlie called me to come up and start leading. I knew the songs, some, most of them, some of them. A lot of them I still don't know. But God gave me the ability and he can give you ability to do what God calls you to do. Let's, let's take advantage of that calling, of that opportunity to be the children of light, to be the sons of God, so that we might inherit with Jesus. It's the only way it's going to happen. 
I'm I'm gonna stop there and give us a little bit of more time for uh, a, a break before uh, brother comes up here and gives us a, a message. But let's let's look to Jesus every day, every morning, every minute of our lives, that we might serve him better. So, all right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.